that is uh, Beth. <clears throat> Beth is uh, somebody we would uh, describe as a, a woman in waiting. Uh, she's probably a great woman. Uh, the fact is she probably serves in kids' ministry at her church, right? Because let's face it, you know your kids, and it takes a great person to serve in kids' ministry. Hello? Like, can you imagine putting, like, 50 of them in one spot? That's what's happening next door. Like, matter of fact, do this for me. Uh, when, if you have a kid in Sprout or Junior, uh, when, you, um, when you pick them up today, would you just give a little bit of extra love and appreciation to Pastor Brian and Pastor Kelly uh, for jumping in there and making sure that Sprout and Junior happened this uh, weekend? Uh, just, you know, it's that time of year, and so uh, they did that. They jumped in there. They just really embodied that whole idea of, like, we bleed for this. You know, we, we're going to sacrifice, go above and beyond to make Church happened for people, and so give them some extra love uh, when you when you pick up their or pick up your kid. So they may want you to pick up their kid too. You know, <laughs> we need a break. You know. Anyway, back to Beth. Let's talk about Beth. Beth is um, Beth is faithful. She's faithful to God. Uh, she's living right. Like there, there's not some kind of weird thing in her life, but she just feels like Beth feels like her life is on hold because of that one thing. She's waiting for, right? You heard her in the video. She said, all I want is a, is a family. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Like, maybe it's a different want for you. Maybe it's not a family, but maybe it's that thing that, like, you know, you're waiting on something, and you have no control over it. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things that we're waiting on that we have control over. There are certain times that, you know, we can, we can push the ball forward, but... But there are some things that we're waiting on God to do that, like, I can't control that. I'm just waiting. <laughs> and it's a maddening experience, man, because we all have different struggles. Like, maybe your thing isn't my thing, and, and, and my thing isn't somebody else's. But, but we all kind of share this common human experience of, of waiting. Waiting, as the song said, waiting for my season. When's my season <laughs> going to finally arrive. Today it's, uh, it's Do You See What I See? Week two, and we're talking about the wonder of waiting. And I want to ask you a question, just like she said in the video, uh, she said, you know, all I want, and I want to ask you this, what is your all I want prayer? Matter of fact, you can put it this way. You could, you could fill in the blank. You could say, uh, God, all I want is blank. What, what, would, what is your blank? Is it, is it you know, uh, God, all I want, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, all I want is a spouse or a different spouse, but we're not talking about that. All I want, all I want, maybe you're like Beth, all I want is a family. Like I feel like there's this one thing and, and, and I just want a family. Maybe you're, all I want is, is this relationship to be restored. You're heading into Christmas, and there's this brokenness in, in relationship. And when you would say, all I want is, you would fill that blank with this relationship. Maybe for you, it's, it's healing. Maybe it's, maybe it's you've been praying and asking God to do something just supernatural. Uh, God, all I want, God, God, why don't you do this for me? Like, so, so let's take the next 10 or 15 seconds, all right? And I want you to be real, not real religious, okay? Because if the thing that you want, like if you're in here and you're like, all I want is Christmas vacation to hurry up and get here, that's fine. Just, just say that like to yourself, like all I want is that, you know? But, but just 
be honest with, at least be honest with God. I'm not going to ask you to tell the people beside you or anything like that. Uh, just be honest. I want to take 10 seconds and, and, and get you to think about, like, what is your all I want prayer? God, all I want is blank. Take, like I said, 10 seconds just to kind of figure that out. All right, so how we're going to do this today, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 1, because uh, in this series, do, series, Do You See What I See, is not, um, uh, we're, we're taking the perspective of real people. And so week one, we looked at the shepherds, and, uh, and this week we're looking at a person named Beth. Actually, her name is Elizabeth, uh, but her, we could call her Beth if we want to. She is a real person. She lived just before and during the life of Jesus. Uh, we hear her story in Luke chapter 1. She has a husband named Zechariah, Beth and Zach, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And we see their story in Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. If you have a Bible, that's awesome. We're going to kind of read a little bit, skip, read, skip, read, kind of do that. Uh, but if you don't have a Bible, just look at the screen. Uh, the TV's on the sides or in the back or wherever you want to look. Here we go. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, of the division of Abijah. Now, I know that's how you pronounce the name because I Googled it. Because I did not want to make a fool of myself in front of you by trying to pronounce a name that I could not pronounce. And then my wife pointed out, you know, it looks a lot like Elijah from the Old Testament. And that makes sense. And so we're, Abijah, that's how you say it. That's how we're going with it. Uh, so he's of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was, <laughs> pay attention, good deal. This will be a better day if you do that. And he had a wife from the daughters of, of, of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God. Look how Luke describes both Beth and Zach walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. So they're good people. Verse 7, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, I just want to slow down a little bit. I don't want to rush through introducing you to, to Elizabeth, because have you ever had that experience where you meet somebody, and then five minutes later you can't remember their name? You know, and it's kind of like, you don't want to be, in, you don't embarrass yourself. I had that experience at the Y on Friday. I, I, I was walking through the Y, and somebody said, hey, I know you, and I'm like, hey, how are you? We picked, like, uh, yeah, so see you when you be pick up kids on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's right. We ran together at the Y before, side-by-side treadmills. Yes. What was your name? And so I found out the name. I, don't, I won't forget it now. But anyway, I don't want you to do that to Elizabeth. I don't want you to forget her tomorrow. Okay, I don't want you to, 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 to run through this story and then just completely lose uh, what, what she says to us. And so Elizabeth and Zach, they're good people. They're living in the hill country. Of, of Judea, which means they're country folk. Country folk are good folk. Uh, they're, they're, they're solid. They're good people. Uh, they don't live an ex extravagant lifestyle. Um, you know, they, they do pretty well for themselves. So, so they don't have the largest camel, but they do have a mid-sized donkey, right? And, and, and they're, doing, they're doing well. Zechariah is a priest, uh, and so he serves uh, in, in Jerusalem, and they live in the hill country, and he kind of commutes back and forth periodically. But it also says Elizabeth is a daughter of Aaron, uh, which means she's a priest's kid. She's a pastor's, she's a PK. 
Elizabeth is a PK, which means she was probably raised in the synagogue, raised in the temple, right? Like she, she grew up in a Jewish home. She knew all of the stories of the Testament because there was only one. And it wasn't old yet because the new one hadn't been written. So she just got one, like half, you know, the, the Testament. Not the Old Testament, just the Testament for her. And so her whole life, because she's a PK, um, she hears stories about the Messiah who's to come. Right? Like there's this person, there's this Savior, there's this figure, there's this one day, there's this day of the Lord. All the prophets talk about it. All the pages of Scripture are pointing in the direction of this Messiah who is to come one day and will rescue and, 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 and save the, the, the Jewish people. And we're all looking forward to that day. And Elizabeth will heard all of those stories. And so she marries Zechariah probably as a teenager. If you're a teenager, don't get any ideas. This is not how we operate in America. And so she was probably between the ages of 13 and 18 when she got married. So they were from southern Israel. But... Um, <laughs> Thanks, appreciate that. So uh, they got married. Elizabeth and Zechariah got married and they settled down. Nothing. Now you have to understand it was customary in this culture that when you got married, a lot of times within that first year, you started, you know, popping out babies. Because, because you wanted a big family so you could have multiple streams of income in your advanced years. Can we just change the word old to advanced? <laughs> Can we just talk about this just for a second? Like, I'm in, in a couple weeks, I'm going to turn 39, which is cool. Okay, that's fine. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about next year, right? Next year, I'm going to cross that threshold, and I would just really prefer for you to call me advanced when I do that, okay? Not old. I'm advanced. I feel like I'm playing a video game, and I've upped a level, you know? Like, I've, I've, I've gotten the mushroom, and Mario is big man now, okay? So I'm advanced. I'm advancing. And so uh, it was customary in that culture for them to have kids a lot of times in their first year and to do it quickly and often. Um, but that's not what happened to Elizabeth and Zechariah. So they get married, and they wait, and they wait. We don't know how long. Decades. 10 years, 20 years, 30. it says they're advanced, so let's just guess, maybe what, they're, let's, let's call them 55, she's beyond the age of childbearing, so let's just call her, you know, we don't know, Luke doesn't tell us, we just know that she's advanced, we know that it's a miracle uh, in, in the story when she, when she conceives, and so let's call it 55, so they've been waiting what, 40 years, yeah. 40 de four decades, just waiting, praying, begging, walking with God, trying to be faithful. Most of us are defined by what we have. Elizabeth is defined by what she doesn't have. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? Like, like the, the, the thing that you want, like the thing that everyone else seems to have, that God's doing this. Maybe God's working for you in a hundred different areas of your life, but there's this one area that like he's not moving for you and that's the place where you really want him to move for you and it seems like he's doing that thing for everybody else but you. <laughs> and you know, it's like, God, I wish you would move in my marriage. Every, look at all these people, they have great marriages and look at mine, you know? Like, God, God, I watch, you know, I, I, I tune in and, and people are getting healed and, you know, it's awesome and that's great for them. But God, why won't you heal me? Like, let's just be honest, right? Like, sometimes, sometimes the waiting can be made harder 
by the people you wait with. Because they're all getting what you want, and you're not getting it. And so you're looking around, and it's like, well, okay. Ten years go by. Twenty years go by. And, and maybe, maybe for, you know, maybe it's not a child for you. Maybe you don't identify with Elizabeth in that way. But, but it, maybe, <laughs> have you ever been, like, trying to find a job? And the people around you were like, have you tried uh, monster.com? <laughs> no, I haven't. Have you Googled? Have you, I, you should put your stuff on LinkedIn. Really? Einstein? Like, that's a great idea. That's awesome. You don't think I've done that? A hundred times. Like, I've Googled everything that I can think of to Google, you know? Uh, or, or maybe, uh, like, you're, you're, you're waiting for, like, a, you're waiting for God to do something supernatural, and somebody's like, um, have you tried praying? Or, or this is a this is a great one. Like, people have all kinds of advice for people who are trying to like have babies and like waiting on a child. And it's like you know maybe you're waiting on a child and somebody comes up to you and is like, "Have you tried drinking prune juice while hanging upside down reciting the twenty third psalm?" <laughs> I haven't done that one. I have to write that one down. You know, sometimes the waiting is made more difficult by the people who join you in the waiting. If you're one of those people, if, if like, so I recognize today that maybe you're here and, like, you're not in that season. You're not in that season of waiting. Like, I am in, the, in a couple of different areas of my life. In our family, uh, we're, we're there kind of in this in this weird season. But also in ministry, like, like, I have these friends who planted churches right at the same time we did or maybe a little bit afterwards, and they're, like, in Outreach Magazine's 100 Fastest Growing Churches in America. What they do, the same thing that we did. Why? Haven't, I don't know. Like, that is annoying to me. Like, God, why are you doing it for them and them and them and them and them, but you're not doing it for us? Right? Like, that's frustrating. And, and here's the thing. If that's you, if you're the person waiting with the person who's waiting, let me give you some advice. They don't need your advice. <laughs> they don't. You're just going to tick them off. You're going to get on their nerves and annoy them. All they need you to do is just be there. They just need your presence. They don't need your, your, your wisdom or your fixing it or your advice. They just want you to be there and wait with them. So, and that's what we see in Elizabeth and Zechariah. The cool thing is, at least they had each other in the waiting. Because it wasn't just Elizabeth waiting, it was also Zechariah waiting. Because in those days, barrenness meant two things. Uh, number one, it tipped, most people thought barrenness was a sign of disfavor from God, which it's not. Okay, let me just clear that up for everybody. It's not. They thought it was this disfavor or some kind of punishment. How do we know it's not? Because what did Luke tell us? They were blameless in every way. They were righteous. They were good people. They're just in the waiting. But here's the other thing. For a priest, it was also, most scholars think it was a legal grounds for divorce. So can you imagine Zechariah's walking to the temple to, you know, he's on his commute and he's talking to his friends and he's like, man, we're still waiting. Well, you're still waiting? Zechariah, listen, bro, don't you know? Like, you, you got an out here, man. Why don't you just divorce her? You're still young enough to get married and have a kid with somebody else. You have legal grounding to do this. And Zechariah, can we give props to Zechariah? Because yeah. he, didn't, he didn't see their barrenness as an invitation to get out, but as an opportunity to lean in to his relationship with the Lord. Like, can we give Zechariah some props? Because he could have just abandoned her and, and left and tried to do it some other way, but he, 
He said, no, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to, instead of running away, I'm going to cling tighter to the promise of God, believing that what he has promised me isn't just what he's promised everybody else, but it's actually going to be true for us. So jump down with me a few verses. Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Uh, Zechariah is serving in the temple. And he's chosen to go in and offer incense. Now, uh, this was something that maybe once in a lifetime that you would actually get the opportunity to do this. So this is a, an incredible thing. It's a little bit scary, but it's really awesome uh, because of the number of priests who are serving and the, and the opportunity to do this. And so Zechariah is chosen. In verse 11, uh, he goes into the temple and it says this. It says, There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah was troubled, Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, Zechariah struggles with this. He has some questions, some doubts, and, and he experiences, uh, you know, he, he, he gets his mouth shut by the angel. This is a real funny story. Read it when you get home if you don't believe me. But I just want to zero in on that phrase. The angel says to Zechariah, says, your prayer has been heard. And I want to ask you a question. What if the thing you're waiting for is waiting for you in prayer? What if the thing you're waiting on is waiting on your prayer? Zechariah doesn't, doesn't see God's silence as God's no, so he leans in, he, he presses in, he commits himself to prayer. Let me just plug 21 days of prayer coming up in January. It's in your program, right? You need to make you need to look at your calendar right now. Look at those three weeks and say, how many times am I going to show up to the 21 days of prayer, Monday through Friday, every night, 7 o'clock, because some of you weren't meant to just be prayer warriors for your family. You're meant to be prayer warriors for this church, and you need to show up on prayer nights in January. But let's jump back to Zechariah. If, if, if the, well, actually, if the angel showed up and said to you, your prayer has been heard, what would he follow it up with? Because he tells Zechariah, he says, your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. What would, what would the angel say to you? Your prayer has been heard and what would come next? For some of us, we're, we're in this season of waiting, but the thing is, maybe nothing. Because we're not praying. <laughs> maybe the angel doesn't say anything to us because... Our prayer hasn't been heard because our prayer hasn't been prayed. What if, what if the thing we're waiting for is waiting for us to press in to our relationship with God and lean in to prayer? So, so Zechariah has this encounter with the angel. Jump down to verse 23. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days... He has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So awesome, right? Like happy ending. All those years waiting, believing, praying, and finally they get their child. But let's just be real. Let's be like authentic this morning. Don't you sometimes hate a happy ending? You know what I mean? Like some of y'all looking at me like you're holier than thou, like you got it all together and you don't have these issues and that's fine. You can do that. But when you're still waiting and somebody else gets the thing you're waiting for, 
It's like, it's like, I don't want to take it from you. Like, I celebrate that. Like, that's awesome, man. Praise God. That's wonderful. Good for you. But it stings a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's not that I want you to suffer. It's not that I want your church to decline. It's not that I want you to, like, get sick. It's not that I want you to be barren. It's not that I want you to lose your job. But I'm still waiting. I'm excited for you. But I'm still wondering, God, do you see what I see? Because I'm still here. And I'm still waiting. And I'm glad you did it for them. That's awesome. That's so great. I'm excited for them. But God, do you see? And sometimes that question, do you see what I see, ends up becoming, God, what did I do? What did I do to cause this? God, is there some kind of sin in my life? Like you're doing it for everyone else, but you're just leaving me here waiting. And so what I hope happens, I hope this next passage of scripture hits you like it hit me. (laughs) I hope it knocks you upside the head just like it knocked me upside the head. A few days later in Luke chapter 1 verse 39, uh, Elizabeth takes a trip to go see Mary. I want you to see this, verse 39, look at this. At that time, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Okay, this is after the angel visits Mary and says, you who are highly favored among women, you know, you're going to have a baby and you're still a virgin. And how's that going to happen? Well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and and this child is going to be, you know, God and it's going to be great. And so Elizabeth goes to see her. At that time, Mary got ready. Actually, Mary comes to see her. Uh, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Here's the idea. Here's the thing I want you to leave with. If you write something down, I want you to write this down. I want you to pull out your pen. I want you to write on the back of your program. I want you to take it with you. I want you to put it on your refrigerator so you'll see it every day. What you're waiting for isn't even the point, but the pointer to the real promise of God. What are you saying? Don't, don't, Don't miss this. All of Elizabeth's life, remember we said she was a PK. She heard the stories about the Messiah. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Hundreds of years, the Bible's pointing to the promise of the Messiah. Here's Elizabeth. She's old. She's pregnant. And she's got this promise in her womb that she's been waiting on for years, been praying for for years. And then as soon as she gets in the presence of the promised one, it's like John is in her belly smacking her. Mom, mom, it's him. It's him, mom. Mom, I know you've been waiting for a baby, but I'm not even the baby you were waiting for. Mom, I know you've been waiting for the promise, but I'm not even the promise you were waiting for. Don't you see him? Mom, mom, do you see what I see? It's Jesus. John keeps this perspective his entire life. John chapter 1 verse 29, he says, he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's he's banging around in Elizabeth's belly and he says, mom, 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 I'm not even born yet and this is the moment I was born for. 
Mom, mom, do you do you see John from womb to wilderness recognizes that the promise, that Elizabeth's promise actually points to the promise of Jesus? Mom, mom, do you do you see G, John? John, his whole life just points to Jesus. So here's what I want you to understand. Here's what we learned from Elizabeth. What you're waiting for isn't even the point, but the pointer to the promise of God. Have you ever noticed in life that sometimes life feels like just one big long wait? Have you ever felt like that? Let me, let me, let me explain this to you. So we were born and we're waiting to grow up, you know? Like if you've ever been a kid, everybody in here has been a kid, uh, you're just waiting to grow up. You're waiting for somebody to take you serious, right? Then you grow up and you're waiting on a spouse. Then you get a spouse and you're waiting on some kids. Then you get some kids, then you're waiting on those kids to get out of the house, you know? <laughs> they leave, you're waiting on them, you're waiting on, on, on them to get married. They get married, you're waiting on some grandkids, right? Like you're just, you, you spend your whole life waiting. You go to school, you're waiting to graduate. You graduate, you're waiting to get a job. You get a job, you're waiting to get a raise. You're waiting to get a promotion. You're waiting for retirement. Your whole life, our whole life can feel like this big, long wait. And the reason that is, is because that's exactly what it is. Life is this big, long wait, but it's not the wait for what you think you're waiting for. You think you're waiting for a job. You think you're waiting for a kid, for a spouse, for a promotion. But that's not what you're waiting for. We're all waiting for the same thing, the return of Jesus. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. He says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait. What are we waiting for? When Jesus returns and our adoption to sonship, to, 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 to family and the redemption of our bodies. It's what we're waiting for. We're all like John waiting for the presence of Jesus. We're all like Elizabeth waiting for the promise of the one who is to return. How long is this going to take? When is this going to be over? And see, sometimes the prayer for the thing we're waiting for is not even the point, but the pointer to the something greater that we're all waiting for. The day when our wait is over and Jesus returns and everything we've been waiting for is leaping in the presence of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 20. He says, for all the promises of God, Find their yes. Where? In him. His presence. Well, I thought I was waiting on this. That's just a pointer to get you to the presence of God. Because all of the promises of God find their yes, their fulfillment in his presence. So what are you waiting for? Like, what is it that you're waiting for? Even, even the pain of waiting points us to the deeper longing for the return of Jesus. The presence of Jesus in our lives. And so you need to understand something. I know you're waiting, but your waiting is not in vain. It's not in vain. You're waiting and waiting and waiting. And you've got to understand, listen, the promise is God's to give, not yours to take. It was his before it's yours. And so if you find yourself waiting, you've got to know that God isn't holding out on you. He's setting you up to experience his presence. And the waiting 
points us to him. Listen, if God didn't hesitate, this is what Paul says in Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8. If God doesn't hesitate to give us his own son, how will he not also with him freely give us everything? God isn't trying to hold out on you. God isn't trying to be slow. Listen, immeasurably more isn't a promise for everybody else. It's a promise for you. So what is it that you're waiting for? What are you, are you waiting to surrender your life completely to Jesus? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting to confess that sin that keeps you up at night, that struggles and, and, and creates chaos in your mind? Like, what are you waiting for? Are you, waiting, are you waiting to give to the Christmas offering because you want to see how church shakes out? What are, you, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a child to come home? Are you waiting for a relationship to be reconciled? Are you waiting for healing? Are you waiting for God to open up a door for you? Earlier I said that waiting is sometimes made more difficult by the people we wait with, but the opposite is also true. Waiting can be made easier by the people we wait with. As a church, we're called to be family. We're called to bear one another's burdens. We're called to walk alongside one another. Walk with each other through the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, so that we're never alone. And so what are you waiting for? Hope, would you go ahead and just come on up to the, to the keys? Because here's what I want to do today. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want you to understand, uh, you don't have to wait by yourself, right? Like, you know that. You don't, you don't have to wait alone. But you also don't have to be passive while you wait. You don't have to be passive because you have a choice. You don't have a choice of whether or not you'll wait, <laughs> right? Like, sometimes you're waiting and you have no choice. It's out of your control. But you do have a choice of whether you'll worship while you wait. Because worship will make waiting bearable. And worship, time flies when your life is full of worship. Time flies when your life is full of the presence of God. And so what are you waiting for? Not only can you choose whether you wait in worship, but you can also choose whether you wait alone or with family. So here's what I want to do today. Here's how we're going to wrap up this morning. Whatever you're waiting for, Whatever it is that you're waiting for, that you're longing for, the thing you don't have to do is you don't have to wait alone. The thing I'm going to ask you to do is to worship and ask for help. To worship and ask for help. What are you waiting on? I don't want you to walk out today and just walk out those doors and take it all with you. I want you to, instead of walking out, I want you to walk in. I want you to walk up. I want you to walk closer in and just press into your relationship with God. Press into your relationship with this church. Let a few of us gather around you and just pray for you. Put our hand on your shoulder. Wrap our arms around your neck. And just pray for you. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask... If, if any of our uh, any of our directional leadership team uh, is in here, I'm going to invite you uh, to come up here. I want you to pray with people here in just a second. So you can go ahead and walk, make your way up here. Uh, that, that's awesome. If if your spouse is in here, that's cool too. Uh, they can come with you. So I see Michelle moving. Doug, you're, you're welcome to come up here. Please do. Ethan, I think you're in the room. I, I see your head maybe. I don't know. Uh, I thought I did. But uh, love to have you up here too. And so, yeah, cool, awesome. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And then Pastor Hope's just going to lead us in this song. And if you're waiting, 
If you want to pray with somebody, if you're like, I, I, I just want to pray with I, the waiting is made easier by who you wait with. So we're going to ask you to wait with us. We're just going to pray for you. We'll put our hand on you. Say, hey, what do you want God to do in your life? What is it that you're waiting on? Awesome. Let's just go to him together. Let's just go before him. Worship while we wait. And ask him again. Why? Because the angel told it, told Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. So let's let our prayer be heard in heaven this afternoon. I'm going to pray. When I finish praying, when I say amen, if you want to receive prayer this morning, I want to invite you to come up. If you don't, just hang out with us for a few minutes, and, uh, and we'll wrap up shortly after that. Lord, we thank you today, God, that you're so faithful to meet with us, to never give up on us, to always go with us, to meet us in the waiting. And so, God, as we're here this, this afternoon and some of us in the room really identify with Elizabeth's story. We really identify with that season of waiting that we feel we're in. And so, God, we just, we want to come before you and we want to worship you. We want to ask our friends, our family to wait with us a little bit and just to pray with us. Pray with us for encouragement while we wait. I just pray right now that you would give courage that you would give freedom to people in here to acknowledge that they're waiting and to step forward when it's time we love you Jesus Amen